mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? No. <laughs> you know, I listen to these other podcasts that I've been listening to for years, some of which have been around like six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of every episode, they say the name of their podcast and they reintroduce themselves. And I was just thinking about how I'm over here and I'm just like, Mackenzie. And then I just like go. <laughs> yeah. Or, are we supposed to be introducing ourselves every once in a while? I mean, I think by 23, you know what's going on, right? I agree. There's also no rules. I, I guess I was like, am I supposed to be? Anyway, so I guess not. So we are now on episode 23, and this is the Michael episode. Um, when it's These are still Duggars by last name. So last was McKenzie, and now we're Michael. These are both Anna and Pest kids. Mm. When we get to kids that are have different last names. I mm-hmm. will clue you in. Okay. But Okay, so for today's episode, it is called Oh Come All Ye Duggers, and it premiered on February 3rd, 2009. So this episode starts with a voiceover of Boob talking about the distractions around Christmas and how, you know, it can, you know, people are just, you know, out buying all these gifts. Mhm. But of course, they make Jesus the focus. Not Mariah Carey. No, not that song. Oh my God. I love that song. You don't love that song, do you? I actually have no issues with that song. I just think it's way overplayed. I mean, I don't disagree, but it gets me going. (laughs) Okay, so then there's a scene of Joy slapping loads of gel in some kid's hair. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I I couldn't tell you the kid. I'm with you on this one. Oh, Oh, so that does happen. I told you. Hey, remember how I said that there's just like, you know, this Lost Boys air arena it happens oh okay so she's putting like a giant like it's one of those big pump style mm-hmm. like it looks like when you'd have like the giant pump of sanitizer but it's yeah. gel and she's like pumping it in and then, then she's like brushing it in mm-hmm. and I then used to Jim- have one of those la looks grade seven it was like amber yellow and you had the pump and everything we did at the end because um or towards like eighth grade ish because my oh, mom that was the peak of like my, spike year. Yeah, my mom would get it from Costco because it was a lot cheaper, like per ounce. So I had the so pump not of... used, but still saving the difference. That's correct. Is yeah. that used gel? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, so yeah. So then Boob says, I think the girls like to make some of the boys, uh, make sure some of the boys' hair is in good shape. I would I would argue they don't necessarily like it. It's their <laughs> job, but I'm pretty you know. sure if they didn't have to do their little brother's hair they probably wouldn't want to. they'd be okay yeah <laughs> they're like but i like it yeah i like wrangling james and putting loads and putting of gel, gel in his, in his hair, hair. Yeah. yeah um lego says how unlike him they use gel because you know he uses hairspray he's so mature i know right is that like is that like a the rite of passage right when they start mm-hmm. using hairspray versus um but he says that it leaves their hair like concrete I'm not convinced that his hair isn't also concrete, but theirs just uh, looks like wet concrete. His is uh, 
folded or formed plastic. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, is his like that shell you put on ice cream? Like, if you crack, it would crack. Magic shell? Yeah, like it would crack. I always but... wanted that and we would never got it. It's I've never that, had magic shell. It's not show. that good. It's fun, but it's not that good. So it's better up in my head? Pretty much. It's okay. it's a fun crack with your spoon, but it's the, the flavor is not anything. You're not missing. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, so Jim Bob says that he saw in the newspaper that there's a Christmas parade happening in Springdale. And he thinks it's a great opportunity for the kids to work together and build a float. And mm-hmm. it's content for the show. <laughs> it, well, yeah, that's most of it. <laughs> So, Michelle is taking a group of the kids down to sign up for it. And as they're, you know, driving away, and now that they're in the middle of nowhere, i.e. the driveway, as we learned in that one episode, mm-hmm. Johanna goes running after the van. And, like, she's crying, and, you know, Michelle's explaining to her, like, no, you don't get to go this time. And once again, Boob has to come and get her. Which, mind you, this is now the second time we've seen her lose her shit at the very idea of being left home with boob Mm -hmm. and (laughs) And also the fact that when they were driving away no there is a chance that this was staged like i I have to i have to think about that with all reality shows i don't think this was though i'm just saying there was a chance with every single scene that something was staged but when they were driving away she was literally just like standing at the back bumper of the vehicle now, you would assume that as a parent, you would make sure that when a car is driving away, your toddler child is not standing right by the fucking wheels that are going to be rolling around. Same parent, same child that was in the auto shop and not giving a shit about her going up rickety stairs, though. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if it wasn't staged, I feel like it was more evidence of the fact that he really has no idea. Yeah. Because it was, she, the van drove down the road. She screamed and ran after it. Uh, Baby Cannon stopped and opened the door and was talking to her. And then then they show Lego Hair walking down that long driveway. He sauntered yet again. The no oh, yeah. no uh, <laughs> sense of urgency. And if you remember, according to Jessa, was it Jessa? I don't know. It was one of the girls. <laughs> um, remember, that was where they were changing that tire and it was in the middle, middle of, of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. So <laughs> it was Baby Jill. Baby Cannon stopped in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. to assess her child. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, you know, so besides her being, this is the second time that her freaking out over being left behind. This is also the same one, like we said, with the rickety stairs in the auto shop. She's also the one that shit on boob during their uh, <laughs> yeah. TV appearance. So, that was so you know, long ago. I don't think I paid much attention to Johanna my first, you know, go through of the show, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be watching now because. I don't know, something about her. I feel like she kind of knows what's up underneath it all, you know? Yeah. So, um, I just get that vibe from her. So, we need to keep a close eye on Johanna going forward. (laughs) And one of the things when they were... Michelle did a voiceover when uh, Lego Hair picked her up. And they were starting to close the doors. And she's like, she just needs to understand that she's not going to get to go to everything. And she'll get to go later. And she was like, and she's going to have to... We all have to learn how to deal with disappointment in our lives. <laughs> you said a mouthful there, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of these women are dealing with some disappointment. <laughs> so they end up getting to the office to enter, and the lady at the desk, she asks what the float is going to be. And while Michelle is telling her that they'll be doing a live nativity scene, the look on the woman's face is 
fucking hilarious. It's hard to describe, I, though. Yeah. It's like, so I wrote, like, because, yeah, again, I'm like, how do I describe this? So I said, <laughs> um, looks like maybe she doesn't give a shit, but is trying to muster a smidge of give a shit. But then it also looks, like, really skeptical, judgy. Yeah, it's... I can't it's figure hard. it out. Yeah, it's the mouth, though. For me, it was the mouth. What was it for you? Um, I mean, if you, the can't, eyebrows. if you can't figure it out, this is clearly going in visuals. <laughs> but it's it's hard to describe. But, like, she's just, like... It is such an odd look. And I was watching it in our bedroom. We have, what like, a long hallway that goes all the way down our house. And I laughed. I paused it. I laughed really loud a couple times. And Whitney even came over and was like, what? And then I just pointed at the screen. And then we both laughed again. So. Yeah, because I'm like, yep, I know. Yeah. But then it's even funnier. Like, because her face is already great. Like, this is already, like, grade A content right here. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to ginger mm-hmm. and she's laughing and it i just wrote make- that it was ginger by the way good job <laughs> i had a 50 50 chance you did good there uh, <laughs> between her and jessa <laughs> so then she's laughing and it makes it just more funny granted kind of like you're saying like okay this could have been editing where she is it possible she was laughing at something entirely different possibly but because it's happening in the background like you can see them talking about it i don't you know i don't know but either way it makes for an excellent scene right and uh i just feel like it's a moment where they make ginger like the us like it's the (laughs) moment of the audience kind of joining in on the laugh and so ginger was like the us and it was pretty good yeah i liked that part so now we're flashing for do you have anything else for Okay, so now we're flashing forward about a week or so, and it's now 24 hours until the parade starts. Good. And uh, Michelle is doing the most work I've ever seen her do <laughs> on any episode so far. Yep. Because well, she, she brought those cinnamon rolls oh, over yeah. six feet from the kitchen to the to the dining room table. That's true. I, I should add that into the mix, but mm-hmm. um, I still think this is more work than that. Okay. Um, she's she's actually painting all the banners for their float because you know they love them. They love a banner. <laughs> they love a marquee. They love a banner. Um, and then it's suddenly 18 hours before the parade, and they're finally starting to do the real work. So they are definitely rolling on Duggar time, as they call. Um, and John David he built a stable, and it looks pretty good. They say mm-hmm. he did it in about two hours. Looks pretty good. And the manger. Yep. Spoiler alert, they're doing a live nativity scene. Oh, I think I said that a little bit, though. Yeah. But uh, I think they said that they used to... Didn't they say a part where they said uh, they usually do it on the front porch of their house? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they had said that they already had the manger, but they had to build the stable because... um, Oh, I remember uh, one of the little kids walking by and saying that, oh, yeah, John David made all these and it took him... It took him about half an hour and he was putting it the manger. Okay, maybe I got... Well, never mind. I stand corrected. So, let's see. Oh, so then they're just adding lights and stuff at this point. So they finally... They just have trailers and they have, like, the stable on it and the manger. And they're just adding lights to it. And then now it... Are those used lights? See? Again. He specifically says we bought hundreds of dollars of lights. And he talks about how they're LED. They're LEDs, yeah. And that the Duggars are green. Yep. So now it's only three hours before the parade, and they're um, putting up the rest of the lights, mm-hmm. and they're putting the signs on the bus, and also preparing candy bags to like mm-hmm. throw out while they're you know on the parade route. You could tell that they were using like old ice cream buckets. So many of them with too. like the handles that yeah. you know 
the pails. Yeah, like the like the plastic <laughs> the party pail. pail. <laughs> but there was like thirty so of them. I couldn't believe. I'm like, how much? But I guess that's maybe like two weeks of Duggar ice cream. I mean, they could Duggar probably dessert. go through two of two or three of those just with everybody getting ice cream. Yeah. So. So when they're finished, it's a big "Happy Birthday Jesus" <laughs> banner with lights all around it, and then there's a big long Bible verse, of course. And some other little random things like joy to the world and Jesus is the light and blah, 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 crap like that. Now it's about two hours before the parade and we now get another appearance from the people from the wilderness drive through from a couple of episodes back Mm -hmm. because they're coming to bring animals for the parade. Mm -hmm. So apparently Jim Bob called them up and said, hey, can we get some animals? And they brought them. The thing I realized in this, as they were all kind of going over to the truck when the truck got there, was that Anna constantly looks terrified. Yeah, constantly. I don't blame her. Like constantly, she looks startled. <laughs> I'm I'm not scared. I'm startled. I'm startled. <laughs> like every time, like they were just walking over to a truck, and Josh was saying something dumb, and then they kind of like panned over, and like she looked like. She's just very uncomfortable, like, very yeah. unsure of herself, I feel. Yeah, I think that's probably where it comes from. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but she's basically living with the fucking stranger that's raping her every night, so I'd be a little <laughs> scared, too. So, the drive through wilderness people, they randomly bring a little monkey named Kiwi. Real cute. It is cute. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure that's really part of the nativity story, but hey, whatever. <laughs> but hey, in the words of, you know... Dr. Dentist Job Martin. Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Noah had two of those monkeys on his ark, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Dragons or, you know, dinosaur. <laughs> Why not? So, whatever. Yep. So, they brought a goat, a donkey, and a camel. Um, the camels for the wise men. And as Bo- Boob said, we call them wise guys. Yep. And you know he was real proud that of that very, one. very, <laughs> yep. He was. You know a- he didn't come up with that because it's actually kind of clever. <laughs> uh we we call them wise guys. So Kiwi the monkey is hanging out on Pest's neck. Poor Kiwi. And then Jim Bob says, Josh, I'll tell you what. Won't be long before you have a little monkey. And this is, this is the point where if I were to write clickbait articles, I would write one with the title, Did Jim Bob Duggar admit to believing in evolution? <laughs> He just said that, you know, yeah. they're going to have a little monkey. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a good clickbait article. You know, someone hire me. I, I can come up with some good Duggar material. <laughs> okay. Um, not really worth too much talking about. I don't know if you care. One of their cameramen brings his family. He's going to work filming, but he also has his family with him because apparently this is around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So they are traveling in the area for the holidays. And so his family's with him, and the kids were even actually joining in on the float. The only reason I wrote this, because I'm thinking, I wonder if his wife is like, this is who the fuck you're around all the time. Like, <laughs> like I wonder if they enjoyed it or were alarmed. Yeah. To see it for the first time. Yeah. So now they've, they've caravanned over to the parade location, and they're starting to set up. And Josh and Anna, they're playing Mary and Joseph. And Pess says, it's a, quote, definitely romantic spot to be on this float gross Ugh, everything about <laughs> like that everything is, awful. is just gross um you know tim i played mary once wow uh, it wasn't a full-blown nativity i was very young and it was through like two songs in front of the whole church where my mm-hmm. mom was like the little chorus lady mm-hmm. 
I didn't give a shit. Normally, I'd be very shy and like, but I didn't really have to do anything except okay. stand there. Um, I was just pumped I got to bring my doll Sandy to church with me. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll be Mary. I get to bring Sandy to church. It's a thrilling day. And, to uh, you and Sandy, just yep. living it up. Dude, it was, you know, you never had to bring your fucking toys to church. I was like, fuck <laughs> yes, I will bring. So it's funny that she was a girl, but, you know. Um, so then there's this whole thing about the tow hitch. Do you care? Do you have anything you want to say about that? Their tow hitch was too small and it was kind of rusted in there. So they had to buy a big hammer to knock it out so they could put the right size tow hitch on there. So John David did all the work, gassed out, and then Pest came over and hit it like a couple times and it came out. Mm-hmm. And of course he was like, oh yeah. <laughs> but then in the talking head, Jim Bob was like, it was really John David that did all the work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, it was. Why? I Suddenly I'm all like. Why are you all about John David right now? I don't know right what's now. going on here. So then Santa showed up, which I enjoyed, because, of course, they do not believe in Santa. (laughs) That is too worldly. That is not, you know, focusing on Jesus. That's true. So Santa shows up and says, "Um, I think there's a couple that are a little on the sketchy side, referring to the kids being naughty or nice, of course. Mm -hmm. It's like, you said a mouthful there, Santa, and you don't (laughs) even know. Santa fucking Claus knows what's up. (laughs) But Josh says, yes, I think so, and laughs, which is not lost on us. Yep. So it's not just Santa that knows what's up, though. Um, the camel is kind of snarling at Lego and making him very uneasy. Multiple people in this episode did say that Lego hair gets uncomfortable around animals. Yeah. Like, always. So yeah. it makes sense because there was a couple point in the in the Wilderness Safari episode that he was around animals and you could you could even tell like he was more awkward than he normally is which is saying a lot which is saying a lot so i remember looking and being like oh okay yeah he's uncomfortable around large animals which makes sense like i i get it like horses are gigantic i've never even near one so i have no idea gigantic and like straight muscle you know what i mean so while um, it probably just is that the animals are picking up on his energy of unease, I want to believe that they're just picking up on his fucking creepy uh, bullshit factor. Let's go with that. It's like when people say if a if a dog doesn't trust a person, I, I believe the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So this camel doesn't really like boob. And you know what? I don't... I do, sidestep. I do not blame this camel for being a little fucking surly. Because you remember all the shit that they talked about camels on that episode? Mm-hmm. Especially Ginger. You know? Ginger was like really talking shit about camels. So That's I'm true. sure they were... And know, Famie. Famie yeah, too. It's like, I don't blame mm-hmm. this camel. He's like, why the fuck am I... Now you want me? Now, now you, you want know. me in your fucking parade? We should see if we can get that camel on the show. Right? Okay, so Jim Bob rides the camel for a little bit, but then he hands it off to Joe, and Joe rides the camel for the yeah. rest of the time. I do want to have a go back. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I feel like I've, I spend so much of my life at work that that's a work term, so it kind of makes me feel gross that, <laughs> can I get a go back? Um, so when they were registering with um, Judgmental Judy, or whatever we're, de- we're gonna decide to call i think she looks like a judy she 100 yeah. percent looks like i said she looked like a peg i think she looks like a judy <laughs> she really and i'm not even just saying it because it goes with judgmental she really looks like a judy it's because she's my favorite dugger now oh she's taking over jabaloon man spot oh 
Yeah. So like, he's been knocked out of a tier. Where does Jeffrey Knight end up now? So Jeffrey Knight's in second. Oh. So I'm going to say that Jibaloon Man got dropped to third. Damn. That's so a big tumble. He was number Judy, one? Judy, Jeffrey Knight, Damn, and... Damn, he was number one. He didn't even mm-hmm. knock down to two. He went to three. You can't move Jeffrey Knight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So... Um, anyway, my go back was that when they were doing that, they, the lady told her, oh, we're going to put you in the religious category of the competition. So they were going to have a competition of who had the best float, but then they broke it up between categories. So since theirs was a religious base, they put them in the religious category and they won first place. They did. So then they put the, the big banner thing in the bus window and then the kids in the back had the trophy, um, and... Jim Bob was like, this is really huge for our family. Is it really? Like, <laughs> right. your your kids holding on for dear life, and then now that they got this, they can sleep well at night. <laughs> like, what not... I want to know is how many other entries there were in the, in religious, the religious category. category. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the camel thing was funny. I think um, there's a weird level of... I've been trying to think of the term. There's a weird level of exceptionalism that I think a lot of the kids are taught. Mm-hmm. And you can see it when they start to uh, recite some of the things that the parents have told them. And one of them is when they're talking about, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of other a lot of other people, you know, it's just about like presents. But, you know, or no, it's a lot about gifts and whatever kid was like. You know, Jesus's love is our gift. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so he was like, you know, so everybody focuses on those other things, but like we're different. And there's just this, just it's this through elitism. line where you're, yeah, you're, you feel like you are more exceptional than anyone yeah. else. You just get it more and everybody else is just, they, you, you know. know. By used and say the different, like all these things that they say are their like tenants are done in a way to make them feel better than other people. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of times, um, not all. I'm 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 not saying everybody, but I just feel like there's a lot of times in religion in general that people use it as a way to be above somebody else. And it's oh, like, you're Oh, you're so one. much more enlightened than everybody else. You chose the right team. Oh god I just know so much and you yep. guys, you know, would be so lucky if we t- told you all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um so the next uh, you can write this down in history as like, I'm about to say something really I never thought I'd say. But this is um, probably the first and hopefully the last time I can say that I'm a little bit jealous of Anna. Do you know why? Because she got to sit by that cute donkey? She, yes, she got to fucking cuddle the cutest donkey I have ever seen in my life. It was either a baby or it was bred to be like a pygmy. Like it was, it was a, so small. So and then fucking it had, cute. And then it was that level of baby animal where it had a gigantic nugget head yeah like it hadn't grown into its nugget head and it had the hiccups and it was so (laughs) cute it was super cute and like she just got to sit and like cuddle it and like hold it the Mm -hmm. whole night and he oh and but i I think he could sense that she's used to cuddling asses so he was like you know what this is you've been holding on to that one for a while because she watched this episode like four days ago, so she's had that one in the chamber. <laughs> but it was really cute, and I'm... I could tell she was going to make a joke like that because she shifted in her chair like she was in like serious mode. She you're, leaned forward a little bit. You're outing me. Why are you... <laughs> 
So now they're kind of winding down on the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case anybody, I, I didn't mention this, Michelle is not a part of it. She's inside the bus yeah. with like the little kids, just mm-hmm. FYI, because she doesn't have a part. Everybody else is kind of dressed up as something. <laughs> Michelle is probably getting a fucking break. Oh, no, though she's having to watch two little kids, so maybe it's not a break. Never mm-hmm. mind. She's having to work more. So, yeah, yeah, they're kind of just winding down. Was John David driving the bus? Because he was the only one that wasn't, in, he wasn't dressed up. So I'm assuming he was doing it That's because then Lego too. hair was on the camel for a little bit and then was walking the rest of it. And also because when John David was um, hitting the tow hitch, uh, Jim Bob was like, well, I, I can't do it. I'm dressed. Like, yeah. you know, What's you, his excuse all the rest of the time? Sorry, I can't give a shit about my kids because I'm, I'm, I'm wearing dressed. this outfit. I'm dressed. I'm, I got shoes on. Right. So, yeah. So that's my assumption that he probably was um, driving because everybody else seemed to have a part that I could Mm -hmm. tell. There was this really funny moment where they were starting to do like the like the the, we're we're starting to, you know, get the straggling little film, you know, parts, the B-roll. And there's a point where he says, uh, you know, oh, the camel was really the hit of the parade. And he was like. It's a great crowd out here. And he like puts his arms out wide, kind of like showing <laughs> yep, showing that the crowd is really big. But they were already after the parade was over. And you could tell it was in like the back road that got them to like the parking lot because it was literally like a dark, desolate country road. He's like, big crowd. He's like, we got a big crowd out here and his arms are all wide. Yep. Once again, it's just context like. Oh, there was tons of there was tons of people. The crowd was great, but they're not here. Yeah, I know that's nitpicky, but it did make me laugh. That that's the moment that they threw that in. Look at all these people here. Um, so the end of it is just kind of you know they're you know in this big crowd and they're handing out the candy, and then that's when I realized that man they couldn't be fucking cool. They had to be all like uncool, and they're not just giving out candy. They're giving out pamphlets about the true meaning of Christmas. I'm like, you oh, can't just are leave. they really? Yeah, you didn't see that. Like, no. I'm like, God. Like, I'm like, you could have just, but you couldn't. You yeah, know, you couldn't help yourself. Yeah, and like, <laughs> did, it's not enough that you're doing a live nativity. You also have to give out pamphlets. I'm surprised that they weren't giving out the Duggar family postcards too. <laughs> but, so yeah, that's kind of it for the episode. I do want to say, Jungle Book was one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid. And when they were going to, when they were like um, transitioning out from the credits, they showed the, you know, the whole, they showed the whole float, the bus, the two trailers, and behind them when they were in like downtown or wherever this parade went, there was a store that was called Little Britches. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, very end on like their little, yeah, yep. Little Britches. <laughs> um, since you added my my jokes. I want to tell you about one that I didn't say in an episode that I still think about. Oh, self-control, huh? (laughs) In the actual, because we're talking about the wilderness safari again. um, The part with the lion, or not lions, tigers, where they talk about how they actually get six chickens each a day. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh my God, they finally don't, um, they're not just getting bread like everybody else is getting fucking bread. (laughs) I remember being like in my head, I was like, otherwise they'd be called bagel tigers. That's pretty good. Should have used that one. I know. Um, <laughs> if people don't understand, you know, bagel tiger. Because in that, if you remember, in that truck, it was a lot of bagels. A lot of bagels. A ton of bagels. So I'm like, they could have been bagel tigers. My, I honestly feel like my favorite ride at Disneyland is the Jungle Cruise. Oh, I love And I've told Jungle Whitney Cruise. for years that like my dream would someday to be retired and just be a Jungle Cruise skipper he as a be, corny old man. 
he could be a he'd be great at Jungle Cruise. <laughs> I just want to run a corn dog cart. Yep. And I'd be happy. Yep. If we can be specific like that and get those jobs, I think it'd be amazing. Yep. Random side note, my one of my favorite jokes from that is what he was like, I'd love to point out some of my favorite foliage. And then he doesn't say anything and just randomly points at different spots in the jungle. See, and this is why really you can see that <laughs> simple humor works for us. That's why cuddling asses and mm-hmm. bagel tigers is funny to us. I love wordplay. And that's why if it wasn't boob, wise guys might be funny. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to let it be. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so I guess that sums up the episode. Pretty quick one. Yep. And take a little break. I have to pee. Before we, you know, actually dive in, Tim has some really, really good information to grace us all with. He was telling me this in the break, and I'm like, well, you got to tell the people. So every Lego piece has um, a corresponding number. That's how they keep track of what... I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's actually really fascinating. There's a documentary on, on Hulu about their factory. And when they build things, like they have all these racks that have a specific part, a specific color. And it, they know that if you're going to put together this truck, it's going to be this big list of of uh, part numbers. And that's how they know what to do. So I wanted to look up what the Lego hair part actually was. So random information of the day. Uh, the Lego part number for Lego hair is 3901. It's the one that has the part that we're talking about. Um, <laughs> and it is dark tan minifigure, comma, hair male. There you go. So, so 3901, wanted, you said? 3901, yep, is the is the Duggar Lego hair. So Pest has a, like a <clears throat> inmate number. Lego has a hair number. Mm-hmm. And it says that they usually retail minimum price is nineteen cents, average price is fifty five cents. Nineteen so, cents is hilarious. So Lego hair has a fifty five cent haircut. <laughs> uh, pays more in hairspray. <laughs> okay, so today's deep dive. Um, first of all, I had two inspirations for <laughs> you know, usually I kind of watch the episode and I see if there's anything from the episode I'm kind of inspired by for a topic. I could have gone one of two different ways this week. And like I'd posted in our stories on Instagram that I was like, Ugh, I keep going back and forth between these two. And then a bunch of people were like, put it to a poll. So I did. I put it to a poll. So it is, today's deep dive has been chosen by the people. Mm-hmm. So the topic is the real timeline and story behind Pest and Anna's courtship. Oof. Inspired by the fact that they've been married about two months in this episode okay. that we just watched. Okay, so remember how our takeaway from the engagement episode, the beginning of that first season, was that it felt like they skipped over courtship, is how it really felt to us. Mm-hmm. So let's refresh our memories with some scenes from that episode. So Pa Keller says, quote, months ago, even before we knew anything, she just felt he was the one. Well, I said, don't say anything. Let's just pray about it and wait. He says, we didn't drop any hints to the Duggar family at all. We just prayed and were quiet and God did a work in Josh's heart. I think God has a some more work to do in Josh's <laughs> heart. I think he's not done yet. <laughs> That's a term they use a lot, did a work. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense grammatically. Did a work. It 
yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. This, the, I'm going to start pulling out all these like literature analy- analysis words where I'm like, the syntax is really weird. Sure seems like Par Pa Keller has a dangling participle over there. <laughs> I know that's not what's going on. I just like using the term dangling participle. <laughs> dangling is kind of a gross word. Like I know I think it's kind of you know, dangling. That's why Lieutenant Dangle in Reno nine one one was the funniest character because his <laughs> name was Lieutenant Dangle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just new boot goofing. <laughs> um, okay, so then on the phone, Pa says he gives permission to court her and remember this is after how pest has already asked to become engaged to her so could that just be a slip of the the tongue like sure like you know it's possible but it just stuck out to me as odd given the strict courtship guidelines to be flipping back and forth between these two different words i just remember that kind of sticking out Mm -hmm. so he shows up proposes to homegirl she can't breathe (laughs) Um, get this bitch a fucking doggy bag or something. You know, she needs a bag or something because she's exasperated. He talks about carrots. Yep. Um, but I picked up on beer, something. Beer new. gets delivered. Yes, that's <laughs> yes. Important things are happening. <laughs> beer is here. <laughs> Fuck this proposal. The beer is here. But I did pick up on something new this time when I was going back to this episode to pull these things that I did not pick up on before. Okay. So. When they're sitting back down in the booth after, you know, Josh and his wonderful proposal, it's after very the romantic. After is done. Yes. After all of that, uh, he says, we've moved on. Mm-hmm. And Anna replied, wow, quick. And I didn't notice that mm. before. Did you notice it? No. Like, I'm like, I did not catch that. Like, I don't know how I didn't, but I, I never did. Okay. Uh, it just feels important now in context. Yeah. Like, I'm like, fuck, how did I miss this? Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad I went back. I also noticed how in this episode, Michelle specifically says how she and Boob have discussed with Ma and Pa about goals, standards, and guidelines Josh and Anna should have for their courtship and engagement. Now, her saying that, could she say, she could be saying them as two different steps, but I just remember feeling that it feels like all one thing. It does, yeah. You know, like she does say courtship and, but that's just not the vibe you get Correct. from it. It feels like one thing. So then in the next episode where they come back to Arkansas, Michelle says, quote, this is when she has the kid. They're all sitting down. She's holding the kid, you know, and like mm-hmm. whatever, climbing all over. And she's like, Anna, since it was your 20th birthday and you made that commitment to the Lord that you wouldn't get court or get engaged or whatever until you turned 20, your daddy had said he really wanted you to keep that commitment. So I guess Josh and your daddy figured all this out to surprise you. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Happy birthday! You're, you're, uh, we, we got you a husband. You're committed to life to this oh, fucking man. sexual deviant. Happy birthday! Jeez. <laughs> but, you know, just again, remembering her words. You weren't going to, you know, you made this commitment to not court until you're 20. Okay. It's uh, you made that commitment to the Lord that you wouldn't court or get engaged or whatever until or whatever. So, so to me, it's just like you know, further evidence of where we were stacking up. Like, uh, it doesn't sound like there was a courtship. <clears throat> right. This is what gave us those vibes to begin with. Because it seems so out of the blue for her. Yeah. Well, like, like that was one thing through all of it was like this isn't. Regardless of the fact that the only thing you can do is look at each other. 
and not lustfully, but like (laughs) just look at each other. Um, Even then, you would assume like, okay, this is kind of a romantic step or a like coupling step. Yeah. So you would assume there would be some semblance of like, okay, we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like he was. It felt like he was proposing to a stranger. And it was, she was so much more of a stranger than even I imagined. Yeah. I thought it was just because of the fact that they're not really allowed to do a whole lot. Um, and apparently not. Yep. We will touch on this in depth. Um, so that was a recap just to give you guys a refresher of what we've already seen previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those things that it's like. They're they're kind they're kind of giving they're kind of saying it they're kind of giving you the information but in this like roundabout way yeah like Michelle's like little you weren't going to do any you know mm-hmm. so it's like they're telling it to you but not really like they're definitely like skirting around this or denim skirting um around nice. the situation entirely like mm-hmm. it's like oh you know we're just gonna kind of gloss over that correct because um, you know it would sound bad to outright say that we just skip straight to engagement so correct. we'll just around this mm-hmm. so now let's discuss how pes- so do you sorry so do you think that her that anna saying that that oh well we've talked about it and she thought he was the one and we do you think that's true we'll get to the we're getting there okay i'm just you know unraveling the story for you tim are you excited i'm thrilled i can tell Okay, so now we're going to talk about how Pest and Anna themselves presented their courtship. So using the Wayback Machine like website, you can go back to their now defunct website, which was ja20.com. Okay. Um, so on their site, they have an Our Story tab with a section called How Did Josh and Anna Meet? So I'm going to be going over that. Um, and just side note, I did pull up various years on the website because that's kind of how Wayback works. You have to like mm-hmm. select different years on like a little calendar. And I poked around at different years and stuff. And it doesn't appear that they ever altered the story. So it looks like it was the same. From the beginning. From the Yeah. Okay. From when they initially posted it to when they stopped updating to the site to even eventually when the site went away entirely. Correct. So the way the telling of this story works on their website is it kind of flips back and forth between Josh and Anna telling their side kind of like through the timeline. Right. So I'm going to go through it and I've got to, um, at some points I am paraphrasing just and cutting fluff. And then other times I'm uh, quoting just so you can get the vibe of how they present it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Josh said, I was taught to wait for God's best in my life partner. But as time went along and I grew older, it was harder to keep my heart only for the one that God had for my life partner. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so then Anna said that like Ma and Pa had encouraged her to save her whole heart and purity for the one that God had for her. Told her it was normal to have desires and thoughts, but it was her responsibility to commit her future to the Lord and trust God to lead in his timing. Then Josh says, again quoted, as I grew older, I began to realize that there were two different kinds of people in this world, men and women. Oh, my God. Such an astute observation, that Josh, you know? <laughs> so then Anna talks about Hold how- on. I should write that down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, two different- Two different- Men genders, and- Men and 
women's got it copy we're good so anna talks about how she first heard about the duggars when she was 13 and it was in an article that a friend sent to her on christmas day or like to the family and after reading the article she thought it would be neat to meet them one day neat my dad says neat. he says neat. so every time we see <laughs> we're like is your dad here no it's neat it's real neat so this was back in 2001 just for context then Pest says a bunch of stuff that does not matter, but the key point being that in 2004 is when their very first Discovery special airs. Okay. So then Anna talks about how friends of the Keller sent them a, cop- a copy of the 14 Children Pregnant Again special. And Anna said, quote, I noticed how Joshua, do you notice how she always says Joshua? Mm-hmm. I noticed how Joshua, then age 16, shared the importance of guarding his heart and waiting for someone who would really love him and wasn't going to just get carried away with their emotions. I was so excited to see another family who was brought up similar to the way our parents were training us, again with the training, but never would I have dreamed what God had in store. Oh, honey. Mm. (laughs) You don't even know what's ahead of you. Let's go back to that, Michelle. uh, Get used to disappointment. She needs to go in the way back machine. Anna. Oof. Go way back. Way back. Way back. (laughs) So Josh says, as I became a teenage young, a teenage young man, (laughs) I was constantly tempted to have lots of wrong thoughts and then often battled to keep my heart right. Understatement of the fucking century. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, One of the greatest things that helped me in my struggle was my parents' commitment to accountability, which is fucking laughable. Oh, man. It gets worse and worse and worse. Like, Jim Bob and Michelle and accountability in the same sentence? Bullshit. Oh, man. They were faithful to talk with each one of their children. How very generous of them. (laughs) They talked to us, you know? So fucking generous. If we were willing to share honestly and op- openly with them to maintain a clear conscience. So they only talk to you if you're willing to be, uh, you know, open and honest. Of course. I learned quickly that great freedom can be achieved by accountability. And great accountability requires humility and openness. Oof. It's just so bad. I often had failures in my early teenage years, but found I had a clear conscience only when I was willing to confess my thoughts and temptations quickly to God and my parents. And I fucking hate this part because I feel like it's like this like, oh, look at him admitting to, you know, his, you know, he's not perfect, but he's, he's admitting it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, as if like, oh, it's so, look at him. It's so commendable. Uh, but it's, it actually is just like this weird way of like jerking himself off and like trying to gain people's mm-hmm. like admiration. It's like, look at him admitting that he's had struggles. Mm. It's just not, you know, it's not fucking genuine, but everybody else is like slurping this shit up. Like right. it's disgusting. Also completely glosses over that this is the severity of it. Like this isn't just like normal horny teen shit. This is mm-hmm. fucking molestation. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just, you know, he just struggled. It's a bit more than a fucking struggle. Yeah. You lost that struggle. Yeah. So then Anna says, quote, growing up, my parents, like Joshua's, always took time aside from their busy schedule to take time to listen to each one of their children. Um, the, the whole 15 minutes we learned about. So a week. That's very generous. That's a long. These parents, man, <laughs> just giving up their time. Um, and allow them to share their heart. So then Anna talks of watching her two older sisters getting married following like all, 
you know, God's principles and all these things and how exciting it was to see, quote, the fruit of all these years of guarding their heart and trusting God to lead through their parents. Then she says, I realized the importance of sharing with my parents and waiting for God's very best for my life partner, a young man who was striving to do the same. So um, then it was early in 2006 that the two met at an ATI conference. Anna tells this like stupid fucking story about how she was amazed that Josh was able to guess her and her siblings ages right. Man. I guess that we was need to big... put a hose on her because <laughs> know, right? things are getting hot. That was his big icebreaker. Like, the, you know, the big pickup line was, you know, guessing her age. <clears throat> um, but I guess the reason Anna, Anna found this like so amazing, because she says that for usually people thought she was five to seven years older and that it was getting no. to be, quote, quite embarrassing, <laughs> which I'm not buying this fucking shit at all because we've seen 20 year old Anna. Mm-hmm. So this would be referring to 18-year-old Anna. There is no fucking way that you're telling me the 18-year-old version of her looks 23 to 25. <laughs> like, do you buy any of this shit? No. But I, I guess these all um, these are all kids using ATI <laughs> curriculum, so maybe numbers are hard yeah, for them. I yeah, don't know. the math ain't so good with that one. <laughs> They're like, you're 32? <laughs> I just, I kept thinking in my head of what, this, sorry, before you continue this, I was like, all right, what are they going to say is their grand story of how they met because going back to lego hair when he was like i met michelle and she was the most beautiful woman i've ever seen (laughs) and she was like i didn't remember him (laughs) which is funny because that's not very um that doesn't seem very wifely of her to not like that's true yeah it's pretty funny so um so they talked for a while and Josh mentions mentions that you know they would have to come over and visit them sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh Anna says that she thought that was really nice of him to say but that living all the way in Florida like in her head she's just like this isn't ever going to happen. Right. Um and so as their conversation came to an end she says she does remember thinking I've never met anyone like this before but that was the extent of her thoughts. Okay. So this is kind of her version of the Michelle, but I don't really buy it. But and... I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. There's a, if I can make another reference, we've been making a lot of these. There's an SNL sketch with McDonald's where the manager's like, sorry, guys, things are a little bit rough right now. And I'm going to have to lay two of you off. So then two of the employees jump up and they're like, we know it's us. You all hate us and we hate all of you. So then they spend the next five minutes just like roasting every person that works there. You're a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then they end up not being the ones that are getting fired. So it's just this very funny. Like they roast. But my favorite one is they're like, ooh, who's next? And he goes, Seth Bogan. And he goes, stop telling people that your name sounds like Seth Rogan. And Fred Armisen goes, but it does. And he goes, but that's not a story. That's not even an anecdote. He's like, stories have a beginning, a middle, and the end. That's kind of what that feels like, where she's like, but he guessed all of our ages. Yeah, that's like, not a story. Great, Anna. <laughs> yeah. I totally get why you fell for him now. I mean, I'm hot just thinking about it. <laughs> Whitney, are- guess, Whitney, guess my age. Guess what, my age. What are you, uh, 46? <laughs> I'm 19. 
so Anna's just like, she didn't think much of it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but Josh says, my thoughts, however, were very different from Anna's. As we talked, I felt God speak to my heart that this was the girl I was going to marry someday. I enjoyed her fellowship and then resumed my schedule for the rest of the day. By that night, I still could not get her off my mind. I went to my dad and told him what I felt like had, what I felt like God had told me. He told me that he thought it could be a possibility and then asked if I felt that I was ready to get into a relationship. I knew that I had a lot of to get ready if I felt courting or even marriage was in the near future. So then Anna says, I was surprised a few weeks later when my dad announced to our family that we would be traveling to Arkansas to spend a few days with the Duggars. The first night at the Duggars' home, during Bible time, Joshua shared his testimony. Oh, great. Um, I was encouraged to encourage all the wording that they all use. It's just so I was encouraged to see that there really was a young man out there who was accountable to his parents, not the police, and was striving to keep his heart pure. Oh, Oh, God. As a girl, my parents explained that it was normal to have desires for a relationship, especially when you see a young man that had the qualities you desired in a future life partner. A hottie over here. Yep. I mean, he was guessing ages, giving out testimonies. God. So (laughs) I began to commit those desires to the Lord and reaffirmed my commitment to wait on him to lead through my parents in that area. After all. My sisters and I were friends with the Duggar girls, and my brothers were friends with the Duggar boys. That was the way things were supposed to be. Hmm. Um, so then Josh says that he enjoyed like the visit, but that he and he watched Anna from a distance. From a distance. <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> um, he said he was trying not to make it like super noticeable. So not be creepy yeah. about staring I'm, at I'm, her from across the house. He can't not be creepy. He's inherently creepy. <laughs> so be remotely less creepy. Yeah, you know, take it down like half a notch. I'm gonna need you to take about five percent off that chief. <laughs> so he says that the day that the Kellers left, he immediately talked with Boob again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told him that, you know, that he was sure that Anna was the one for him. Um, apparently, Boob agreed that God was moving, you know, them in that direction. Mm-hmm. And he counseled Josh to keep praying for their relationship. Then he says, as we spoke further about the possibilities of courtship, he encouraged me as an 18 year old young man to begin diligently preparing spiritually and financially for the day that God would bring us together. Okay. So then Anna talks about how, you know, they went to the ATI conference again and that the family spent time together. And then she felt like God was showing her that Josh was the one she would marry someday. Okay. She says it was exciting, but I thought there was no way it would ever happen. He was not showing girls any special attention, including me. He just seemed busy serving God. The waiting crowd was for too the old. right one. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for the right one. Um, so then Josh just says that after that next conference is when he began working on opening up his car lot and preparing for marriage. Mm. So then a few weeks later after that, this other conference is uh, Pa and Anna are out running errands together. And Pa asked her if there were any young men God had been speaking to her about. <laughs> Anna says, quote, my dad had never asked me a question like that before, but I knew what he was getting at. So I told him how I felt God speaking to my heart was speaking to my heart about Joshua. To her amazement, 
she says. Pa said that he believed Joshua was the one for her and to pray for Josh and his family every day. Then Anna says, about a week later, we had special company. So um, paraphrasing, Josh ended up staying at the Keller's house because he was in the area buying like a truck for his car lot or something. A mm-hmm. um, bunch of, you know, unnecessary details that I trimmed out. But of this visit, this is what Anna says. She says, just before he left, Joshua was talking to my mom and he told her that he was excited about starting his business and was looking for a house, trying to get ready for a family of his own. When I heard that, my heart jumped. It was very hard to patiently wait on the Lord to bring us together in his timing. I constantly reminded myself that I needed to trust God with my future and let him dictate every sentence of it. So then well, she just, should know about serving sentences. <laughs> I, honey, you're going to know a lot about sentences. Yep. <laughs> That's just the verbiage is it, so weird I, on everything. Yeah. And the idea that like you would have a daughter that's older and you would go, has the Lord spoken to you about any young, young men, men recently? Yeah, like, it's so ugh. weird. Ugh. Yeah. So then in December of 2007, Anna's brother called Pest and invite him to like come help him with this anger resolu- resolution seminar down in Florida at a state prison. So once again, getting, <laughs> getting Better pesty. Better get used to that, kid. <laughs> right? um, so then it's in January of 2008 that Josh travels down and he does that. And Anna said, I really felt I had given Joshua to the Lord and was content either way about the whole thing until Joshua called. He was on his way. Time and time again, during Joshua's visit, I had to give it to the Lord. Damn. Um, <laughs> I still did not know if Joshua had any interest, but I knew God was more concerned with bringing the right one into my life more than I could ever be. If it, And if it was his will, he would bring it to pass. There's like somewhere, like I'm, the reason I sound like I'm stumbling is because some of the way that it's written is like kind of fucked up. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to like half correct it while I'm saying it. Okay. Like you mean like they made mistakes or they have weird syntax? Because <laughs> I feel like some of these aren't them being like, oh, we just made a mistake. I feel like it's just yeah. that weird way that they talk. I think it's a combination of both. I think she honestly can't write super well. And then I, and, the, and that, so it's like my brain is trying to compute while yeah. I'm like reading it. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways. So, um, I didn't know it would be a lot sooner than I expected. So she's talking about God's will and timing. Mm. Didn't know it'd be a lot sooner than I expected. A lot sooner. Remember, wow, quick. Right. So after finishing up like the first week of those seminars, Anna's, uh, with Anna's brother, Pest and him returned to the Keller's home. And Josh says, quote, I could not wait any longer. I knew that the ball was in my court. After dinner and sharing the evening with the family, I asked to talk with Mr. Keller alone. Everyone else quickly hurried off to bed, and I fumbled to put my thoughts into words. Finally, I got it out. I feel like God is leading me into a relationship with your daughter, Anna. Could I have your permission to court her? After asking this, Mr. Keller gave me some encouraging words, ending our discussion by saying that he would need a month to pray about it. But that does not happen. Okay. Because the very next morning at breakfast, Pa pulls Pest aside and said, told him that he prayed about it. And then Josh says, though he wouldn't quite say yes, he gave me a thumbs up and said, all lights are green. So that means yes. I know, right? Um, so, so much for that fucking month of prayer, huh? <laughs> Funny. that. 
We'll talk more about that later. Um, Anna says, over the next few days, we had great time of fellowship while Joshua was visiting. (laughs) When he left, it seemed like it would be an eternity before we would see each other again. I was so excited when I found out that my family would be taking a vacation to Arkansas at the end of June, just a few days after my 20th birthday. I could hardly wait. I often spent evenings crowded around the phone with many of my siblings. It was so fun to get to know the Duggar family better and encourage each other in ways of the Lord. At the end of our phone call, we would always exchange prayer requests. And without fail, one of our siblings, usually a Duggar, would have an unspoken request, and then everyone would bust out laughing. Needless to say, Joshua and I are grateful for the prayers of our siblings. My mom and I were also able to spend a lot of time together talking about marriage and being a wife and mother. Do you think this is when she got the seven basic needs pamphlet? (laughs) I hope so. It was a great time to learn and prepare for the future. So then Josh says that I wanted to make our engagement very special. And remember, when he says special, he Mm, means means special. special. So then, um, you know, Josh just rehashes the calling of Pa and proposing that we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier. Anna says, when my parents said they wanted to take me out for my birthday, I had no idea what was really going on. I was so focused on leaving for Arkansas in two days that I did not notice how nervous my parents were as we prepared to leave for the restaurant. They're like, oh, we're going to Gator Landing. Gator Landing. Yeah, I was <laughs> racking my brain to remember what it was called. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh. After a few minutes we, where we were seated while looking at the menu, I heard a young man say, happy birthday, Anna. her telling of this is funny i looked up and was shocked to see joshua standing there with a dozen happy birthday slash i love you balloons i was so excited and so nervous all at the same time a few minutes later joshua slipped out of the booth onto one knee and asked me to marry him and i said yes we thank god for bringing us together in marriage on september 26 2008 okay what a thrilling recap so that may have been a little bit painful, but I purposely had to read some parts so you could hear their description and their weird fucking wording. <laughs> um, there was kind of a point to it. But because of all of this like weird way that they fucking play it, it's, it's just kind of hard to pick up on the timeline of it because there's so much extra bullshit. So here's a, here's a timeline breakdown. 2001, Anna first learns of the Duggars from that article at the age of 13. 2004, she watches their first special and is impressed by Joshua sharing about guarding his heart and all that bullshit. So then in early 2006, they meet at the ATI conference and, you know, he guesses her age. Such a smooth move, man. Pickup of the century. (laughs) Um, And then this, of course, is when Pest first tells Boob that he's interested in Anna. At some point later in 2006 is when the Kellers go visit the Duggars in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Then in 2007 is another ATI conference, which of course they hang out, you know, this time. It is a few weeks later after that conference that she has that conversation with Pa when he tells her to just be quiet and pray. Of course. Um, And then another few weeks after that, that he stays with the Kellers in Florida when he's there for the whole car thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. January 2008, Pest helps Anna's brother at that seminar down in Florida. And that is also the same time that um, he talks to Pa Keller about courting Anna. Okay. Pa gives the, the thumbs up and the green light. But he didn't say yes. But he didn't say yes. Um, then fast forward to June and they're engaged. 
So I just wanted to kind of break that down in a way that you can kind of feel that timeline. Right. Okay. So now I'm going to be referencing that AMA of Anna's childhood friend that happened just a week ago today where, uh, when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically things that are regarding their courtship and engagement. So the first tidbit of info was that the Kellers and Duggars were actually first introduced by people by the name of um, Ken and Dot Sparks. Dot. Ken and Dot were more acquainted with the Kellers, apparently. And mm-hmm. although not a part of IBLP, they were, you know, approved. Thumbs up. Green light. Oh, okay. They weren't heathens. The reason, though, they're approved is because they were the longtime hosts of a children's, like, Christian radio channel, like, show on a on the on bbn which is the bible broadcasting network is that a like a national thing or is that just like a local no it's not like it's in other countries too huh okay i had to, I had to do look it all up so, i'm a tbn uh fan myself oh so got you it. know yeah so um not iblp but a-okay in their book because you know bible so <laughs> So the show was this is just a little side step because it's, it's, Bible. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a statement I'll make throughout. You know because Bible. Yeah, you know, but that's how it is because Bible. Yep. Um, so their show is actually called Captain's Club, where Ken. So they're a married couple. If you can't, if you didn't pick up on that. Okay. Ken played Captain Chester Peak, and Dot was Sparkle, the Captain Club secretary. Oh. You know, for, Sparkle sounds like a stripper. That's name. what I was gonna say for for kids like Christian. They yeah. sure gave her like quite a quite a name yeah this is my secretary cinnamon yeah secretary sparkle checking in <laughs> why don't you, you get your co-secretary diamond out here and we'll see see what kind you of work have we a can. call on line one miss uh, captain chesterpeak <laughs> yeah. um so yeah so it sounds like they had zero to do with the actual like bringing together josh and anna mm-hmm. but just a little you know interesting background on the introductions of the two families that even though they're both in this iblp world they Mm -hmm. hadn't actually come across each other organically right um brought together by this couple it's unclear at what point they the families were introduced because it sounds like they met for the time at that first time at that one ati conference yeah so i'm not sure where this introduction kind of works in but that's what two people actually said this, the the girl doing the AMA and then someone else also p- chimed in that was like, yes, I kind of know of the families and this is true. Okay. Um, anyway, just a little extra on their initial introduction. Um, so when talking specifically of Pest and Anna's courtship, this friend of Anna said, quote, they had a courtship. If you define courtship as two families having back and forth negotiations without the actual input of the girl involved, there was no wooing, but several weeks of phone calls Woo. with sibling chaperones on the other line. Um, to me, it sounds like there was wooing. He guessed her age. <laughs> so, if that doesn't mean I want to bang, I don't know what does. Right? <laughs> hey, girl, you 22? <laughs> <laughs> Tim used to always joke to me and go, "Hey, girl, you got a job? What up, girl? Got a job?" <laughs> That's basic. This is the fundy version. <laughs> what are you? Twenty six. <laughs> um, That's kind of like the the cheesy, like old stereotype of a pickup line and being like, "Yo, girl, what's your sign? <laughs> Yo, are you a Virgo? You look like a Virgo." So when asked if she knew if there were like any other prospects for Anna, 
that she might have had, her response was, quote, I don't believe her dad was pursuing anyone else around that time. It was a business deal. Which, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know right there. Yeah. Courtship is about two dads getting together. Yeah. And then by the time it even gets to presenting it to the daughter, it's Mm -hmm. a fucking done deal. Yeah. So for her to be like, well, I don't think he's pursuing anybody else. You're like, that's a mouthful. (laughs) She also said, quote, their family wasn't allowed to court before 20, but the goal was to be engaged at 20 immediately. Jeez. So they had everything prearranged so that at midnight, when she turned 20, they could be courting while he drove to Florida to propose. So instead of doing like a power hour, like when you turn 21, yeah. they do a power hour of you getting engaged. She needs a fucking sash that's like <laughs> courting, and then she can flip it over a couple hours later. <laughs> yeah, so this is, you know, I have to, I guess I have to own my shit. This is where I have been spreading misinformation. Okay. I've been sitting here this whole time saying that there was no courtship and they, you know, jumped straight to engagement. But clearly, as we can tell, as we've been told, there was a courtship from midnight up until the very special lunch at Gator Landing. And it was a courtship between Josh and Pa Keller. (laughs) He was he was essentially courting (laughs) Pa Keller. No, it's absolutely true. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking that could have guessed his age. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's like, what do you. Uh. 57 and he's like i'm 44 (laughs) um but yeah so clearly i i need to apologize for spreading that misinformation i think the sash is a good idea she could have one side (laughs) of it that says courting and then afterwards she can just flip it up a little bit and then it says engaged (laughs) okay so i'm paraphrasing this part a little in the beginning but she goes on to say that anna probably did expect of course because of this family situation to be engaged very soon but that she was genuinely shocked the day that he came and actually proposed Mm -hmm. but um my favorite part was how she ended it saying quote or maybe she was just head over heels at a man proposing with balloons (laughs) That seems like such shade. There's uh, yeah, like the, an the, undercurrent. The of fucking s- shade of it is of all is so good, <laughs> but I'm just also like, oh, poor Tim. But I now that I know that the balloon man has knocked it down to three, I was like, man, he puts effort into that balloon bouquet. I mean, he did. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to. Third place is not a bad place to be. <laughs> like third place on a show of just the main characters being twenty people, like that's a sign. You know what I mean? Okay, that's true. So I think it's the balloons that really did it for Anna. You know, mm. it's those balloons. See, so he he was the linchpin. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when someone asked something along the lines of like, what would Aunt, what would happen if Anna had said no? Her friend's response was, um, that's a rhetorical question. You don't say no. That's true. Which is exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. For these girls, if, if it hits this point by their, by this time, mm-hmm. clearly their fathers have prepared you know, approved mm-hmm. and set this up and given it the thumbs up and green light. Correct. So, you know, they're on the ride and there's no getting off mm-hmm. uh, unless you're Josh, but um, <laughs> you're, you're on, you're on it. Yeah. You're, it's, you're done. It's full speed ahead. So she did also touch on what was known in the circle about Josh and his behavior and predilection. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of his past stuff, which I'm not going to get too di- deep into right now because it is something that we will discuss more in depth in the future. But one thing I wanted to note was that she said, Anna's brother said that when they were in like the pre courtship stage, 
um, when you know, basically the talking stage where you know their family was all around on these phone calls. Mm-hmm. Anna's brother, and this is her words, were quote was one of the most perverse, disgusting guys he's ever met, and that he was pissed Anna was going to be subjected to that. And um, she says that the molestations, as far as she knew, were pretty well known. Hmm. So, again, we'll talk to about this more in the future. But all signs of that point to Daniel because he's her only older brother. Her hmm. other little, her other brothers are all much younger. Okay. To me, far too young for this to be coming from one of them. Correct. Um, also, just a reminder, he was the one who called Pest a pig. Mm-hmm. And was the one that offered Anna help to get out. Correct. But if Josh and Anna's story has any truth to it, I feel like he'd also be the brother that called to invite him down to the seminar. Yeah. So I was like, wait. But then again, I'm like, that's probably like Pa Keller being like, call him Josh, Josh, you know? Yeah. So it's like that. At first I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, no, none of that fucking matters. Mm-hmm. They would just be like, call somebody to, you know. Yeah. Um, so just interesting. They never specifically say which brother that was, but it just all points to... Mm-hmm. But she does say that despite all of this, the circle still viewed Anna as marrying well due to the TV show. Yeah. Because um, power and visibility was more important to them than moral character. Or child molestation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said in the... I mean, of course the Duggars were considered higher class in a family of power. Mm -hmm. And of course Anna never worded it that way by any means. But I can't help but feel like to some degree, like she felt like she was fucking bagging like writer strong. Or (laughs) or like JT. I was more of a JTT girl myself. But if you think about it, she talks about seeing him in an article when she was 13 and then she's mm-hmm. watching him on TV. You can't tell me that that didn't play into something for her. Mm-hmm. Cause this is like, if you're in this like bubbly fundy world, that's your fucking fundy heartthrob. Right. Like grow. It's disgusting to think about, but like, I mean, it obviously p- played into it for Pa, and I can't help but think that Anna wasn't like, Oh man, I'm getting like, mm-hmm. of course she's going to think that she's getting like a sweet deal. Like this is a sweet gig to be in with this family. What's the fundy version of tiger beat? Oh, we should think about that. Yeah. So it'll be Tiger Beat, and then the front of it will be all the different IBLP royalty. See, like the the Mormons, like for kids, the magazine is the friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I had the friend. Oh. <laughs> all right then. Um. Okay. So, of course, this AMA had a ton of different questions that covered a huge variety of topics. So with that in mind, when she was asked what her like hottest take was, or, you know, basically your biggest takeaway or something you just want to leave people Mm -hmm. with, she said, quote, courtship is human trafficking. Oof. So out of all the things that she could have chosen to highlight as important, that's what she emphasized. And I feel like that says a lot because we're yeah. talking to a girl who escaped IBLP, like literally escaped mm-hmm. and was living in a shelter is what she was talking about. Um, left without a dollar to her name. Mm-hmm. So she probably has a million things that she could say or, you know, you know yeah. a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. Yeah. So to me, it is incredibly telling that her big takeaway that she wanted to leave people with was courtship is human trafficking. Damn. But, um, I just want to leave you with a funny note from this AMA because why not? It's great. (laughs) When asked what she thought Anna's type was pre-pest, she said, I think she was more attracted to tall, non-sweaty, non-greasy guys. (laughs) So Josh really came out of left field. (laughs) 
fucking good. Oh man, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so now we have covered the three. I, I know it probably sounded like I just kept giving you the same information mm-hmm. from different sources. But I did that, you know, for a reason, and it was to highlight the tone or kind of like the spin or just like the different ways it was presented or taken by, you know, the different mm-hmm. um, the different ways. So in the TLC version that we saw on TV, it was very much like a like, you know, like, look at these fucking fundies. They didn't even hold hands until they're engaged <laughs> or um, like, look at this guy proposing with balloons at a booth like I. <laughs> It was done in the way that TLC, I feel like they always kind of do it, where it's like, let's focus on like the freak show aspect of it all that yeah. makes them different from the rest of the world. Yeah. But like really devoid of any real detail or like substance mm-hmm. for real. Uh, done so, of course, purposely because you they want to draw enough attention to it that people find it interesting. Like the freak show thing will draw people in. Mm. Oh, my God, this is so fucking weird. Yeah. Let me keep watching. But at the same time, they can't reveal too much or get too deep into it because it could backfire. And then people are going to be like, it'll put people off. This is, you know, this is insane. Yeah. So they can't give the details of all of it. But also what really worked, I feel, on TLC's end is that. The engagement was like three episodes into their reality show. Mm. So people were kind of probably safely assuming we just didn't see these two kids getting to know each other. Of you course. know, it was really it worked out really well for TLC in that. Right. In that respect. We're also what do you what demographic are you going to hit? I think you're going to get you're going to get viewers based off of kind of what you said, the freak show accent. Uh, um of the fact that, like, oh, they have so many kids, how difficult their life must be. Yeah. And then you're going to get the people that are not necessarily IBLP, but are maybe just practicing Christians. And they look at it or, as an example. Exactly. <laughs> or even, like, conservative Christians that'll be like, oh, look, like, somebody adjacent to our worldview is is making it big. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to get that aspect. You're going to get all sorts of different things, so... I think it's how do you maximize how many people are watching your show mm-hmm. and what demographics can you draw off of? And, you know, Jim, Bob, and Michelle always talk about how we told them if we we're going to do the show that they had to keep our faith in. And so they're giving just enough of it to mm-hmm. still be like, look, we did what you asked. Yes, but mm-hmm. we can't get too deep or people are going to turn on it. Just the same way. The reason the show got canceled is because of all of the fucking scandalous shit. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like we don't want it had like uh, we're doing this and we're squeaky clean. Yeah premise exactly mm-hmm. um so now now let's talk about the the anna and josh account of their story okay um first of all i just feel like it's definitely a lot safer on their end that they're sharing this now after the fact when they've or, they're already married mm-hmm. because even if people were like um what the fuck how did this all you know if anybody questioned anything or about how did it unfold or anything at that point it doesn't matter because they can be like well look where they're just like happily married and look at that you know they follow right. god's you know it's all good yeah they're married now mm-hmm. so it was it was a safer way to give a little more detail yeah but what really stuck out to me was in their version how I don't know if it was done super on purpose, but I feel like it was definitely like, oh, look, it looks like it took over 
place over the course of like two years. Mm -hmm. They met in 2006 and, you know, Josh just knew she was the one. Right. But they didn't get married till 2008. So this, you know, this was two years in the in the making. But what you have to read into if you're just reading it at face value, that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, oh, these kids were patient and waited for the Lord and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then over the course of two years, this, you know, this wonderful, you know, love story unfolded. Yeah, or even like a, they already had a semblance of a friendship, and then yeah. they just decided to take this next step. But they really, it just completely glosses over the fact that in those two years, they didn't really get to know each other mm-hmm. in any kind of meaningful way. So they yeah. really don't count. It's not like two years of dating. Dating, yeah. yeah. Um. So also in Anna's telling of the story, I, I quoted a lot of hers mm-hmm. because... Um, it's it's the naive way in which she like she kind of makes everything ha- sound like like happenstance mm-hmm. or no i guess they don't believe in happenstance so i guess it would all be god but it's the mm-hmm. way that she always acts kind of like and then this happened isn't that a like oh wow and i couldn't <laughs> believe yeah so let me give you some examples of that so like how she first met Josh at ATI in 2006, and then she says, I was surprised a few weeks later when my dad announced to our family that they'd be going to, you know, Arkansas to stay with the Duggars. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be fucking real. This is 100% boob calling paw or whatever mm-hmm. after that conference because that was when Pest first told Lego mm-hmm. that he was interested. So, you know... You're going to tell me that all of a sudden out of nowhere, like their families are just getting together and it's just, just like, look, my dad just decided we're going to go on vacation there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's none like, of that. None of that sounded like it was like, hey, remember that Arkansas vacation we were we were planning? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It just so happens this boy lives there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's 100% that the dad started talking and they figure bringing the families together. And, you know, I, I even thought deeper into it about how she was like and then i was friends with the girls and the boys were friends with with, Mm -hmm. and that's how it's supposed to be it it's like if we make if we bring the families together it makes it seem more organic than it really was Mm -hmm. but this is really just when the scheming began yeah it was all engineered yeah so then again after that anna talks to pa um about asking you know when he asked her is there any young men God had been speaking to you about? Mm-hmm. So when he asked that, like, like that wasn't a, a way that Pa to get Anna to say it herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that is totally like, oh, see, see how natural this was. She brought it well, up. Well, this was your idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, not that you're totally like, okay, well, now we've spent time with this family and mm-hmm. now we've done this. And now I'm going to be like, so are there any guys you've been thinking about when <laughs> like they're the, the same people age? I've been, I've been putting you around for the last, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she brought it up. <laughs> um, I, oh, I also just like size. I especially love how Pa tells Pest that he would need a month to pray about it. Mm-hmm. Um, about courting, and then the very next morning, he's like, eh, "She's all yours." <laughs> like, uh, like it's like Pa was attempting to play it, like play the game, and then he like failed miserably. He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck, whatever, <laughs> fuck it, she's yours," you know. <laughs> completely just like not forget it but if you think about it um it's like it's almost like a way for it's like it makes a good story again the story of it all Mm -hmm. so you know in the beginning it's like you know i'm gonna be a good headship 
and I'm telling him, well, you know, I really got to talk to God and it's probably going to take a month. <laughs> but then if you say that the next morning you gave it the green light, it makes it sound as if you got this very clear, strong answer from God. Maybe he did. Oh, did he? <laughs> Maybe in that, you know, before he went to bed. Maybe. Oh, I thought you were about to say something else. No, no, I was like, before he went to bed, that's where he got that. <laughs> I was all waiting. I was like, oh, did I miss something? Yeah. So then it's suddenly after that visit, where you know Pest gets that clear from Pa, um, that Pa again announces another trip later that e- later in the year. This is fucking January, okay? Mm-hmm. So then you know it's just this you know wild thing that all of a sudden Pa's like oh and by the way we're gonna go stay with the Duggars again in June a couple <laughs> days after your 20th birthday the age at <laughs> yeah. which we allow you to start courting and get engaged <laughs> it's like when you really put it all in a line like that it becomes like so clear how calculated and like the the planning and the planting of everything that was happening behind the scenes and Anna's just over here presenting this story like and then my dad oh, and then he <laughs> asked me and then we went and stayed with them and then you know like it's all just like can yeah. you believe it i do have to say the the image in my head right now of you putting all these pieces together is from it's always sunny where he has a cigarette in his hands and he has the wall full of like <laughs> articles and paper and yarn collecting them and he has crazy hair and, yeah. and the cigarette in his hand that's what i imagine that's you me doing i'm right like now. ati conference 2006 <laughs> no i'm like 2007 <laughs> but he said a month yeah, I, I I actually feel like that. Um, yeah, so it's like Anna very much. It's like she wants to believe it's this sort of like, like this fairy tale it's serendipity, story, you know, or I guess um, they wouldn't believe in fairy tales. Serendipity, a biblical story. Yeah, there you go. But then those always end up bad. But then so did Josh and Anna. So <laughs> I guess this really is a biblical love there story. You go. Um, but yeah, she just has this whole like oh about it all mm-hmm. when you're like are, are we just not going to acknowledge <laughs> you can like do you think she sees that stuff like i don't know um so yeah in some in summary the telling of their story is very like look how blessed we were for following god's lead and right. you know through our parents and meanwhile it was all very carefully planned between paw pest and lego mm-hmm. so it's like it's anyways um i just feel like it perfectly depicted exactly what her friend said when she said that if a courtship they had a courtship if a courtship is two families negotiating back and forth yeah i I mean when you literally look at the timeline i feel like a true crime person like when you look at the timeline you can it's like you can literally see the negotiations back and forth like then we're gonna do this and then you're gonna plan a visit Mm -hmm. to come see us and then i'm you know yeah Without her involvement at all. Yeah. Yep. And make her think that she's thinking of it all. So you got any guys you're thinking about? Like, oh, it's so romantic. So How my father negotiation negotiated my wedding. <laughs> so which leads us to the AMA, AMA version of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is pretty easy to sum up. Basically, she's just saying everything we've all been thinking and saying for years. <laughs> But it's just confirmation of it all. And it's really nice to get that confirmation from like an inside source mm-hmm. there. You're like, no, what we're thinking was all the these, you know, suspicions are exactly how it happened. Correct. So that's just really nice. Um, they were total fucking strangers. And so as I'm watching this, kind of like I mentioned earlier, 
it was when I was watching this episode that I was like, God, they've been married two months. They don't know a goddamn thing about each Mm-mm. other. It's even worse than we thought. Yep. It's so much worse. And it's like, you know, a few family trips, some <laughs> conversations at the HEI snack bar mm-hmm. or being on the phone with your little fucking sister on the other end <laughs> does not lend itself to getting to know someone on a deeper level. A basis for a relationship. I'm not even convinced they knew each other on a surface level. Right. They knew each other through the lens of, oh, he believes in these things. That's it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. It was like, oh, you believe what I believe? That was the entire but that's basis. all they need. That's it. Yeah, they don't need anything else. What else is important? Well, and that's, you know, absolutely, you're right. You know. And, you know, and I was thinking that they, it's essentially marrying your first boyfriend or girlfriend Mm -hmm. and actually i think that's generous i think it's more like (laughs) marrying somebody you're attracted to on the street it's your it's marrying your first and like more intense crush not just like when you're like in first grade and you're like they're kind of cute like the first Mm -hmm. one that you start noticing some actual like traits or whatever yeah but like that does not make you like i'm trying to envision myself like even just marrying my first boyfriend Mm mm-hmm and I'm like, oh, my God, not that they're a bad person, but that right. doesn't mean you're compatible. But then again, fuck compatible. You know, mm-hmm. they don't care about that because Correct. you you become it's everything your husband says, wants, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have a personality or be compatible when mm-hmm. you don't have a personality anymore or yeah. thoughts of your own. Yep. So then, you know, every time I think it all doesn't make sense, you see how it makes sense in their realm because compa- compatibility isn't a fucking thing. It's not important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else I want to say? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I do have another thing. So, um, one of my f- things that I just couldn't stop thinking about, and I wrote this, ended up writing this all down, like, later. So, in that AMA that, where she says that the Doug- the Keller rule of no courting before 20, while simultaneously pushing for engagement at 20, mm-hmm. um, it just made me realize that, you because of that i feel like we can personally i place a lot of the blame on pa keller for Mm. this and don't fucking get me wrong i am not saying i'm not letting you know lego or pest off the hook in any means i'm just saying that i feel like he shoulders a lot of this because of him really not allowing them to get to know each other and just going straight to mm-hmm. engagement and the reason i say that is because you'll see going forward um a lot of the the duggar kids they have much longer courtships and mm-hmm. m- by munch i mean <laughs> much i mean like six months or like whatever so again yeah. i'm being very fucking generous with my words today mm. but i mean a few months is better than fucking nothing right i mean that's something and at least in courtship, as from what we've understood, yes, you still have chaperones and all that bullshit. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're suddenly able to be like free and really. But at least the world around you is like, okay, these two, you're allowed to talk and be with another gender without it being like completely. Uh, you know, complete. Yeah, you're still chaperoned, but it's like, yeah, you're like there. There's a tiny bit more freedom to it. And again, mm-hmm. fucking generous with my words, man. I should never say any... The word freedom should not even come into any of these conversations. But yeah, so it's at least most of the Duggars going forward, they have a lot of um, 
they'll have their months of courtship and then the few months of planning the wedding mm-hmm. so say about six months courtship to a year some of them like i think i want to say um it was jessa that had the longest one i think she was a year mm-hmm. but most of them are six months and under but again still better than fucking nothing yeah better than a night for your dad to decide yeah and then like josh and anna there was more emphasis on the planning of the months of planning of the wedding than there was right. them getting to know each other yeah so it is interesting because Josh and Anna's is kind of anom- an anomaly in the sense that of being like that short. Mm-hmm. So to me, that clearly goes back to Pa Keller's thing about, mm-hmm. it's like, why couldn't you, so if Josh asked to court her in January and they end up getting engaged in June, why the fuck couldn't you just let them court those six months and yeah. still get engaged at the same time that they were going to get engaged? Mm-hmm. Like, I completely acknowledge the fact that an extra six months would not change a course in anything. Correct. Anna still would have married him Mm -hmm. because she was in puppy love at fucking 20 years old. (laughs) It's like she's enamored because she's it's a boy that she is allowed to, you Mm -hmm. know, like. And he gave her attention. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and it's allowed. But, so it's like that. And and then her dad approved it. So nothing would have changed the outcome. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at least you would just give them fucking six months to have that courtship time where they could have at least, I mean. Known some things about each other it's, at all. Yeah. At all. At all. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's really, it's but it's like Pa is so, he has this little fucking rule, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And Boob, like the girls, um, their courtships were much longer. Because I think he, you know, because he's controlling as well. Mm-hmm. But it's just to see the difference in like the Duggar girl courtship times versus what Pa Keller does. Yeah. And it is different. So that's why the absolute lightning speed of this and the completely skipping over actual courtship. Mm-hmm. I think it's all Pa Keller's fault. I agree with that. I also feel like Lego hair, or I'm sorry, 3901, um, <laughs> dark is. tan 3901. <laughs> I think I also feel like with all of the like molestation stuff and kind of i think with all of that it was kind of like this will distract him or he won't be in the like it kind of takes him out of the equation oh yeah for there to be potential infractions more on that same vein it's like well he's not gonna cause us any more of this embarrassment because He'll be out of the house. 100%. He'll have a wife. He'll, you know, we're getting rid of the problem. Yeah, because they like if they give someone for him to fucking rape, you know, if, they're, mm. if he they're if they're handing him a wife that's supposed to be joyfully available for him now, problem solved. To them, it is like the problem was him not being able to get his yayas out. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so Anna was the answer to that problem. Mm-hmm. They had their her eager fucking dad. He's you know, Pa Keller is fucking eager beaver yep and then they're like cool josh is interested in her mm-hmm. pause eager as fuck let's solve this problem and let's get it done quickly yep it checked all the boxes for both for sides both of them, yeah. now i blame pa keller for the ultimate lightning speed of it but it checked everybody's boxes mm-hmm. we're getting our problem taken care of on this side yep. and then i'm getting my daughter handed up in the you know mm-hmm. the class and power of iblp correct and it's all going to happen on the timeline that I that I say is okay because, you know, she can't do it till it's 20. It's like Pot treats this whole fucking thing like this weird fucking Cinderella situation. <laughs> like, you know, midnight, they turn 20 and they have until midnight to, again, you know, <laughs> of the next day yeah. to 
not only you know start courting but also get engaged <laughs> and so i'm like what happens does anna's denim skirt like turn into like a fucking prairie dress if she doesn't get engaged by the end of the night <laughs> no <laughs> so she's like must get- gotta move fast gotta go fast it's wild oh pa keller yep <sighs> he he got you in the beginning there didn't he i remember you saying that he seemed like a nut and i remember going like uh, 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 uh. i just have a like <laughs> i have like southern charm is so nice and I know that it, there's shitty people everywhere, and I know that that's not the end-all be-all of being a good person, but I've been to Atlanta twice uh, for this, like, chef conference that's pretty cool. Um, and that's one thing down there. Everybody was super nice, so I felt like I was getting a little taste. You of, got like, a little bamboozled. Yeah. I've also worked with a guy that's from ten- Tennessee uh, for, like, almost over 10 years. I think over 10 years at this point. And uh, he's a good old boy from Clarksville, Tennessee. And he's just he's just a nice man, you know. And so you thought Florida Pa was one of those? I mean, don't get me wrong. Florida's Florida's Florida. Um, but I was like, yeah, he got me with the Southern charm. He just seemed like a simple, That's how nice they get you. man. Yep. That's why people talk about like the baits being more mm. dangerous in a sense. Mm-hmm. Because they blend in and like, you know... <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that's yeah, and I actually have more about Pa oh, coming up in a couple episodes. So oh, damn! I'm sorry that I'm crumbling um, your opinions of Pa, but had to be done. Pa Keller left my heart when I met Jibaloon Man. Okay. Yeah, Jibaloon Man definitely took over that spot. So I didn't know Pa was ever actually in your heart. That's a little. He was he was really nice at the beginning, and then you told me he was a <laughs> he was a thing piece of shit. So. Yeah. Yep. I think he just gets you because he's not as awkward. Well, he's his own kind of awkward, but it's a different it's a different flavor of awkward than yeah. Lego. So sometimes I think that you're just so used to the fucking off puttingness of yeah. of Lego and then you're like, Gil and Pa are great. Like you know? I think the difference is and and I don't want you to overinflate the meaning of the word I'm about to use, but the difference is charisma. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a comedian that was talking about when he realized that stand-up comedians, you either you get in in one of two ways, and it was the one of those ways is being charismatic. And charismatic is that you have a personality or a way of speaking where people are drawn to you and they are interested and invested in you because they're like, oh, I really like him because I, you know, feel bad about this thing that he went through or you know whatever it is. Like charisma is pulling people in to get them invested in you as a person. Yeah. And I think he has that personality where even though he's a little awkward, even though he's a little bit kind of like hokey. Like I think that is it though. It's the corn. It's like the little like look at this little, little bit old of corn. Man. This little old man over here. It's corn. Know? Yeah. It's cone. Yeah. Um, but it's like there's a level of charisma there that is involved with that personality style where you're like. Oh, <laughs> so I think he gives off like the little old man version of that. Yeah. And I think Gil gives off like the the Southern. I'm just a Southern guy. Just, just you know, we're, so, you know, mm. just being a regular guy and you're just people, you know, yeah. like that type of thing. Yep. And that's how. And then boob is boob. Boob is three nine one. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. That was a intense deep dive. Yeah. Sorry if it was a long one. I feel like it probably was. <laughs> But I, of course, I had I couldn't pull from one thing. I'm like, I got to pull from three. That's I need true. to have I need a recap. I need to pull from AMA, and I need to read their account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think it gives you the broad 
Like, here's all the presentations, and here's where the middle where it's the truth. Correct. Like, you know, so. I say that a lot where if there's two dissenting opinions or there's two dissenting, like, points of view for a scenario, I'll be like, well, I definitely feel like the truth exists in the middle. You know, yeah. knowing that, like, each side is going to gloss over things and curate deals details to make themselves look a little bit better you know what i mean yeah i say it at work all the time i manage human beings and there's an argument that happened between two cooks and they both tell me both sides and i'm like yeah i feel like the i feel like the truth exists in the middle somewhere so yep so we had the scrubbed tlc version we have the behind the scenes (laughs) of the friend and then so and then there's like the anna and josh where it's like we're gonna tell some details but Mm. still make it sound flowery and like oh look at you know and it's like you had to pull all these pieces together this is what fucking happened according to the timeline (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i love my fact pulling that's true all right um the huge digging up the duggers pod on instagram digging up the duggers at gmail buy us a pickle yes uh that's um buy me a coffee dot com slash digging up the dug digging up the dug <laughs> because i ran out of characters mm-hmm. <laughs> but now it's just funny so i'm kind of okay with it so it's whatever <laughs> um we appreciate you guys listening um I think if you're 23 episodes in, I want to imagine you probably, I think you might like what you're listening to because I feel like 23 episodes of hate listening is like, that's, that's <laughs> a commitment. Little that's a lot of work. I right. feel like it's, it's work to like listen to a podcast you hate. Agree. Like I think it's easier to follow someone on Instagram and be like, I kind of fucking hate them, but keep scrolling. You know Correct. what I mean? Yeah. But I'm like committing yourself to an hour and a half every week of bullshit from people you hate, that feels <laughs> like work. Yeah. So I imagine if you're this far... I think you might like it. So mm-hmm. if you do, we'd appreciate your five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. It helps us out. Yep. So um, we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Have a good week. <laughs>